Dear brothers and sisters, this is the second talk on Christ's Great Commission. Today I'm going to share on the topic, Christ's program, all nations, teaching them to obey. It is based on the Great Commission passage. Here it reads like this. It, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, is the commission that Jesus has commanded to every of the disciples. Now it is a supreme commission. Not supreme because of its depth and breadth that warrant our deep thought and reflections. As I have shared last week, a careful dissection of this great commission passage, we can see three parts. The first part is on verse 18. It sets the foundation of this great commission. And based on it, we can have the therefore at the beginning of verse 19 and the subsequent content. And verse 19 and verse 20, the first part, it talk about the action or essence of the Great Commission, what needs to be done. This is the crust of the sharing today. And verse 20, later part, it talk about the promise accompany the Great Commission. Now, when speaking about the essence of the Great Commission in verse 19, and first part of verse 20, we have to understand first the main goal of the Great Commission as expounded here. Now, number one, goal of the Great Commissions. Now, let's examine the wordings of the Great Commission commanded by Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Now, by examining the original Greek works here, we can find there is only one main verb. Now, so-called imperative or imperative verb. That is the most important and that has to be done. Now, this is the main thing. And this signifies the main essence of the content. Now, guess what that verb or word is? Go, baptize, or which word? Well, this word is actually make disciples. All other verbs like go, baptize, teach, etc. are just supporting verbs of participles or participle to support this imperative. Now, in other words, the main goal of the Great Commission is to make all nations to be Jesus' disciples. And go, going out for evangelism is just the first step it is just the first step only. Now, by saying all nations, the original Greek word for nations here is ethnos, ethnate. And it refers to a people group of particular culture. Now, and it is not referring to a country, nor an area. Now, in other words, the nations in Matthew 28, 1920s make Disciple of all nations concur to what Revelation 
7-9 depicts. In the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it says, It's all nations, all tribes, all people, and all tongues. These people will come before God and come before the throne and worship God. Now, all these are the targets of the Great Commission. They all have to be made as Jesus' disciples. How often we have omitted such an instruction. Think about it. Oftentimes, we are so discriminative that we only share the Holy Gospel with those, what? We think okay or comfortable to be with. Well, this guy looked quite nice. Okay, I think I can share with him. What a great mistake. What a big, big mistake here. If we really reflect on it, we found we are really fairly discriminative, right? We think this guy is okay and we are comfortable with it. Okay, well, this guy seems quite polite. Well, okay, I can then share the gospel with him. What a great mistake. Or we just share with those convenient to us. Well, our close friends, our close relatives, well, they live nearby or they are just kind of so convenient we can reach. We are just excluding all others. Though we are charged and authorized by the Most High to do the job. Now, when we are talking about people groups, do you know on earth how many cultural people groups we have? Well, depends on how you count it. But if we are counting the people group, each people group have population of over 50,000 people. We have at least 16,000 such cultural, cultural people group. And about 6,500 of these people groups are called unriched people group. By saying unriched people group, it means that gospel has yet spread in these people groups. And among this 6,500 unriched people group, more than 50% of them are Muslim background unriched people groups. That is, they are basically Muslims. And we have a lot of, or a number of these people groups yet to be reached by the gospel. How much we owe them because of the Great Commission. Even if we can go and share the gospel with them, or even if you cannot go, your money, your prayer can always do. Don't you? In front of me is a map. In the map, it shows that missionary or most of the missionary actually are situated in those rich areas. That is, already rich. Gospel-wise, already spread through area. While we have only very little workforce, go to the unrich people. In front of me, the map shows that of 400,000 cross-cultural missionaries, only 3% go to the unrich people group. Let me repeat. Of 
400,000 cross-cultural missionaries, only 3%, only 3% of them go to the unriched. Or more exact, 3.3% of all missionaries are working among the 2.9 billion unriched people. So what about our resources, our money? In fact, most of our money or Christian money is not given to rich the unrich. And also in front of me is a map showing that of every $100,000 earned, US dollar, earned by, well, the Western world, Christians, only $1, now, once again, let me repeat, of every 100,000 Christian earned dollars, only $1 goes to sending missionary to the unrich. If the money Christian earned were illustrated by the height of Mount Everest, then giving which actually goes to reaching the unrich would, would be measured as the height of a speed bump. Think about it. Mount Everest and the height of a speed bump. You see the big contrast. To make disciple has a much more deeper meaning than just sharing the gospel or handing out the gospel tracts. Now, how so often and how much we have mistaken Jesus' great commission. Now think about it. Oftentimes, we just think of bringing people to the church and claim to have already fulfilled the great commission. How much we have dwarfed the goal of making disciples to merely making church goer or believer. Now what's the difference between disciples and church goer? Now it can have a huge difference. Now for, for the church goer, Christ is just marginal to them. In other words, only when they have time, they will go to church or attending certain religious activities. When they have excess money, they will donate or give offering. When they have leisure time, they will then perhaps read the gospel, etc. Now for to them, Christ is not the center. But for a disciple, of Jesus, it is completely different. Now, if you check the real Greek meaning for the word disciple, it actually referred to learner or apprentice or practitioner. That apprentice engaged himself with the master or an instructor. Now, in other words, disciple is just Jesus' apprentice. Now, what is apprentice? Apprentices are those who have close relation with their master Jesus. They will do as what their master does or as their master instructed or told them to. In Luke 14, verse 25 to 33, it said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. If a person 
who does not hate even their own life, that person cannot be Jesus' disciple. And whoever does not carry their, their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you, have, you cannot be Jesus' disciple. Wow. Here it tells of three kinds of people who cannot be Jesus' disciple. Number one, anyone who does not hate the family. Well, would it be too extreme? Well, Jesus deliberately put such a word there to signify the quality to be a disciple is to put Jesus first. Hate even their own life. Number two, whoever does not carry their cross. Number three, those who do not give up everything. They all cannot be Jesus' disciple. Jesus is indeed very serious when talking about being his disciple. Now, what is a Jesus' disciple? Uh, basically, he or she has four characteristics. Take a note of it. Four characteristics of a Jesus' disciple. Number one, people can see or know Christ through him or through her. People can see his wholehearted following and imitating Jesus in his life. And therefore, people can see Christ through him. It's kind of like uh, playing Kung Fu. If you have a certain, you know, series of Kung Fu actions, people know uh, which master you are following. Number two, people can, can see him keep growing more like Christ. More and more look like Christ. In John 8, 31, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Jesus' disciple is the one who hold on to Jesus' teaching and keep obeying Jesus' teaching. So he will be more, growing more and more, look like Christ. Number three, he exhibits brotherly love among Jesus' followers or believers. In John 13, 34, 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you love one another. The person will exhibit brotherly love among all those who follow Jesus. And people can tell he is, they are Jesus' disciples. Number four, he bears fruits of life. In John 15, verse 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. To be Jesus' disciple, he will always bear fruits of life, demonstrating the fruits of life, loving kindness, patience, as illustrated in the Bible. <clears throat> now, how much we have belittled or dwarfed our Great Commission for so long? We have just dwarfed, belittled our Great Commission, be become a little commission or a small commission by just asking people to come to church 
and as if we have fulfilled the Great Commission. In Acts 11.26, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. The original word for Christian is Christianos. It's a word composed of Christos, the Greek word for Christ, and Ianas, a Latin meaning belonging to. So in other words, the word Christian stands for someone who is belong to Christ or one who followed Christ. There have three occurrences in the Bible on Christians in New Testament. Now, basically, Christian is a word invented by the Gentiles. They use this word in a derogative sense to describe those disciples at that time. But in nonetheless, from another angle, signifies that those disciples at that time had influenced the society so much that it influenced the society to a point that the Gentiles or the society can only invent a new word to identify such a new species of people. They are neither Jews nor Greek, but they are different. They are those who dare to be different, who dare to sacrifice, who dare to serve so much for an extra mile for Jesus' sake. Indeed, true disciples of Jesus Christ can readily be recognized in family, in school, and in any workplace. What the world or society really needs now is true disciple of Jesus. And only by them can we have real transformation. And that's why Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. The program of actions fulfilling this goal of making disciples have several verbs accompany to it. Go, baptize, teach them to obey everything Jesus has commanded. Now, perhaps it's due to so few of us are willing to go down to reach out those unrichard people. Go has always been emphasized on the pulpit. We have heard a lot of preaching telling people that Go, go, go. Now, it make an illusion that go seems to be the most important action of the Great Commission or mission. Well, in fact, go is important. Without go, we, don't have the, we, we won't have the subsequent uh, actions. Now, the real meaning for go here is not just buying an air ticket and go to a foreign land and said, I have already fulfilled this go action. This goal actually has a more deeper meaning. To leave one's comfort zone and go into those people we need. Let me repeat. The meaning of goal here means you've got to have that resolution to leave your comfort zone and go into those people we need. Now, indeed, one can always buy a ticket and move to a uh, foreign place or the field and yet retain one's old way of life or living without adapting to the needs of the people. I can see many people send cargoes of their belongings to the field and then rebuild their own comfort land and settle there, right in the field. But they never quite really mix with the local people. Now remember, goal is just the first step in this action combo. It's just the starting step. 
Another verb is to baptize. An action signifies the joining with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrections. It's a testimony signifies a new identity belonging to Christ and his kingdoms. Now, through baptism, we are also gathering the community of Jesus' disciples. Mission is not only about sharing the gospel, but also building up those believers with their new identity and community. In other words, we are building their own church. Note that it is not the building. It's their church. It should be, it's their fellowship. It should be noted that many so-called carrying out the Great Commission, be it local or overseas, just stop on sharing the gospel and then baptize them and then full stop, period. Creating an illusion that the Great Commission is only about sharing the gospel and then baptizing the believer and it is done. Now this inadvertently has created a license to heaven mentality. That is, I have, I'm already baptized. I already become a member of a church. I'm done with being a Christian. I have the license now. Don't ask more from me. Worse, we might have created an illusion of a, of a fake, thriving church. The church seemingly filled with many people, but they are all basically majority, majority of them are lukewarm believers or just churchgoers that have no impact to their workplace and society. And further worse, these counter-testimonies will only jeopardize the real gospel. Therefore, we need the last part of this program of action. Teach them to obey. Verse 20 is that, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, when it comes to teaching, probably you would immediately say, well, I can do that. I can teach. No, no, no. Look, it says, teach them to obey. It doesn't say teach them to know. Of course, you must, but that's easy if it is just transferring or transmitting information. But this is teaching them to obey, and you can't do that so easily. You can teach all you want to, and lots of people just won't obey what you say. So simple. Now, I will come back to this later. Now, what's the meaning of everything here? Straightforward, it simply means no left out. Everything that Jesus said, Jesus taught, we have to, taught to uh, teach the, the disciples. It means that we are, we, when we are teaching about God's love, we should also teach God is our Lord Master. There is always a price to pay to be Jesus' disciple. You, can, you cannot just enjoy God's love without paying the price to be Jesus' disciple. Teach everything for them to obey. It means when we are teaching about the spiritual welfare in Christ, enjoying all the goodness in Christ, we should also teach the spiritual warfare we all are in. And we have to strive and work hard to be Jesus' disciple. Now back to the main point. How can we teach our students to obey? Well, the best way is we model for them, not by mouth, but by working it out. 
Well, how to do that? We need to practice what we teach to be a true Jesus disciple. The key to making disciple is to be a true disciple ourselves. And only by such can we be able to build a new species of mankind that have the impact. Agree? In Frontiers, the organization I serve in, we have such a de facto rule. Apart from the first one to two years, concentrating on language learning, all our workers, that is our missionaries on field, are required to take a solid identity with real work. This is not just for obtaining a valid visa, but also for the fact that the local believers will look up to as their model, Jesus' disciple. Remember, discipleship is a hands-on thing, a master-apprentice relation type of teaching and learning. It just can't be done by classroom lecture. Otherwise, Jesus only needed to send us some DVD or videos, and he didn't have to come to earth. Dear brothers and sisters, today, are we concretely living out a life of Jesus' disciple? Otherwise, how can we say we are fulfilling the great commission of Jesus, making disciples of all nations for him? As conclusion, I would like to conclude my sharing with a video. It's on how a dog conducts discipleship. Well, it's kind of dog teaching dog. I hope by viewing the, the video, you can have some idea of it. Gotcha. Come on. Why they Yay! You're almost down. Come on. Good girl. Yay! Good job. Brothers and sisters. If dog, just an animal, know how to do by example. 
shall we, as Jesus' follower, commit ourselves to obey in his teachings and be a true disciple of Christ, so, so that people may see Christ through us, lest our so-called Great Commission will just be an hypocritical endeavor. May you be blessed as Jesus' true disciple to make disciples and making more disciples, generation after generation. <laughs>